Welcome back to the Mask You Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Kim Keith. Kim is a pre-K to three library media specialist at the Emmy Small Elementary School in the Dennis Yarmouth School District. Kim is a MassQ board member and is also the secretary of MassQ. Uh, Kim's going to talk to us about Scratch Junior and PBS Scratch. Hey, how are you, Kim? Great. Thanks for having me, Brandon. So happy to be here to talk about one of my favorite things to do with my kids in library and technology. Yeah, so I, so I work out of an elementary library, so I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say today uh, about coding for littles and about Scratch Junior and PBS Scratch Junior. So um, how I got started was I've been in my present position. This is this is my seventh year. And um, I had the library thing down. I worked in Barnstable as a library assistant for 20 years and I went back and got my master's at URI. So when I got my job, not only was it library, but it was technology. And I had the library thing down, but I thought I really need some help with technology. And that's actually how I got started in MassQ. I um, had heard about it, went to their conference at Gillette and just really um, was gobbling it all up. So in looking for things to do with technology for my kids, I had found online, um, her name is Marina Bears, and she's out of Tufts University. And it just so happens that my father grew up down the street from Tufts University. So when we used to go to my grandmother's for holidays, we would walk down to Tufts University. And um, so that was kind of enticing to me. So I took this two-day course over the summer at Tufts about um, Scratch Junior. And it was developed by Marina Bears, who is a professor at Tufts, in addition to Mitch Resnick, who developed Scratch out of MIT. So I took this two-day course and I was just totally hooked. It's an app on the iPad and it's um, a beginning coding app. It's the precursor to Scratch. And it's just phenomenal. And the kids just absolutely love it. So we're having a great time with it. So I guess I had kind of forgotten that Scratch kind of got its start here in 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 Boston. Um, it did, yeah. yeah. And, and so so it starts at MIT, but I didn't realize that the Scratch Junior curriculum was written out of Tufts. That's pretty cool. She is um, Marina Bears is the head of it's called Dev Tech Research Group at Tufts, and they also do Kibo robots and okay. Scratch Junior kind of both together. The course was actually one day of Kibo and one day of um, Scratch Junior. But the nice thing, of one of the nice, there's a lot of nice things about it, but the nice, one of the big, huge things about it is everything's online. Mm-hmm. They have activity cards that you can use and um, they go step-by-step. Step. I'm actually, we're doing that right now in my third grade. My third graders are one-to-one iPads. Well, one-to-one iPads from third to um, 12th grade in DY. So this is the starts of it. And they have activity cards that go in a progression. It progressively adds more skills to their their toolbox. So finally, hopefully they're going to code their own um, story, so to speak. Oh, so cool. So what's the cost on something like this? The app is um, free and it's completely child safe. I looked that up. It doesn't collect any personal information. And then probably about three or four years ago, after I got started with the app, PBS got involved, which was just, it has been absolutely phenomenal. So they are, they're learning media PBS Learning Media has picked up um, Scratch Junior and it's now called PBS Scratch Junior and all the characters from the kids' favorite shows, Arthur, um, Ready, Jet, Go, Nature Cat. So, and the uh, other other good thing is PBS um, Scratch Junior, all the lesson plans are online. Oh, that's so cool. So all of it's available online for free. 
It is. And and you can use and you can use the characters that the kids are familiar with. Exactly. Yeah, they I great. we haven't got there yet. Yeah. Um, I start with Scratch Jr. and then we progress. But so one thing I did was they Ready Jet Go, which is a space program, they had you download an episode of that on your uh, computer so the kids can see it. And then I took the space theme. So we went into the um, computer lab and got on our desktops and did some space research mm-hmm. and then went back and code. they coded their own space um, episode. Oh, that's so and cool. It, it's so excited. It just gets crazy. Yeah. They're yelling at me from across the library. Come take my picture. Come <laughs> see this. Yeah. So, so when they're done with that, is that something that you could like screen cap and then, you know, screen record and then send to their parents or well, how do you share that out to the community? You, I, I really, that's one of my things I'm going to get a little better at. I really do not share a lot community wise. Um, I don't have an Instagram. I have my own Twitter account. I, I probably should be getting a school Twitter account or a library Twitter account. Um, I share it with, of course, my principal and the teachers in my building. Mm-hmm. But I, I need to get better at sharing it with the the greater community. So yeah, that sounds like something. So they could rec- they could you know code what they've got and then screen record it with the iPads because the iPads are a pretty rich um, screen recorder that's built right into them. That that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be. So what's what's your favorite part of of the Scratch curriculum? Just to see their progression in how they are progressing coding and they're figuring out things on their own. They're teaching each. I think probably my favorite part is the the students teaching other students. Yeah. So we'll get kind of a, you know, somebody that's really caught on. And that's another thing is some of these kids that you see struggling um, just fly with this program. I had one kid last year and I actually um, just, I told his mother, I said, you know, I don't know if you have an iPad at home, but he is just flying with this whole thing, this coding. And I really think that it's something you should look into. And she was very appreciative of that. So I think probably, like I said, the best is they're teaching their peers, um, what to do. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So with something like scratch, um, have you found a way to sort of go across different curriculum areas with it? Um, is it something that you integrate with lessons that teachers are running? Um, I haven't done that yet. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing it with the research aspect of it. Oh, cool. And I hope to be doing more of that in the future. Um, I started with the, the space research because that goes with the, some of the third grade curriculum that we're working on. Um, so to, to bounce to a different subject that we had talked about, I, um, I just got probably three weeks ago, I got an iPad card in my library. That's awesome. Which is yeah. So, I mean, my head is about to blow off because I'm just all over the place as to what to do with this. Yeah. So one thing that the principal and I have talked about is collaborate, 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 which right. I've started with a, a first grade teacher. So I think when the question that you ask is going to be, a great way to collaborate will be to pull in these Scratch Junior and PBS Scratch Junior tools yeah. to go across cu- curriculum. Yeah. So how do you see the students? Do you see them weekly? Do you see them every day? So I see um, each class for 45 minutes and my kindergarten and first graders, the model that I set up was we used to do about 20, 22 minutes in the library. My library is right next door to my computer lab. Yep. And then we'd go in and use the desktops for about 20, 22 minutes. And so that was first, and um, excuse me, kindergarten and first. And then second and third, 
it kind of, it goes, I really kind of loosey goosey a little bit. One week we'll be in the library. Next week we might be in the computer lab. And so kind of going back and forth. One thing that I have started is um, we are a literacy, literacy collaborative school out of uh, Lesley University. Mm-hmm. And so I've been using uh, centers for my first and second graders working with the literacy collaborative coach in my building who her office is right behind mine so we can like yell at each other like ideas that <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have it's yeah. great yeah. Yeah. and so because that's how teachers collaborate right. you know you're running running through the hallway and you're yelling something at them and so um but now what i'm going to look to do is col- um to indu- introduce those the my ipad card using the ipads more in the literacy centers yeah so that should work out good. So like I said, there's a lot lot going on in my library. Yeah. So what would you say your favorite part of uh, working with this age group is? Because it's such a fun group. I know my own children are in pre-K and in two uh, in Easton. And it, it's it's. Defi- oh, I grew up in Easton. Oh, you did? Oh, how about that? Yeah. 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 Where, you live? Where do you live? So my kids are at Parkview. So, oh yeah. yeah, I went to Parkview for sixth grade. Oh wow! So I don't know if you know, but they're they're building a new school. They're going to replace. They are. Yeah, they just yes, we just, we just passed it. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. And uh, yeah, isn't that what a coincidence? Yeah, what a small world. So I know. So um, you know, they're in pre-K and th- and two, and and there's you know they're doing fun stuff with with technology there, and they've got you know a really forward-thinking principal and a school district. Um, what's your favorite part about working with that age group? Cause I know like with me at home, like I've got a green screen and I like hang it up in the living room, <laughs> you know, the big sheet. And we did, uh, we had a snow day a couple of years ago and we did the baby shark video cause they were obsessed with that at the time. So they sang their own version of baby shark. And, um, like, what's been your favorite part of working with that age group? Boy, it's really hard to pinpoint. I guess it's just their excitement in their when I'm sitting reading a story and they're sitting in front of me on the rug with their mouths hanging open, mm. like just waiting on my every last word. Yeah. I think that's probably the most thrilling thing for me. Yeah. And they're just little sponges. You know, they just suck everything up and just come out with some, some things that you just shake your head. At. Oh yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. I had a little girl, um, I started this school year and, um, so usually, like I said, I see them weekly, so they keep their books for a week. Once in a while, somebody will bring the book back midweek and ask for something else or whatever. So when we had started the school year, we were probably about two weeks into it. And I was, you know, in, in my, on my desk on one in the morning and this little girl walked in in second grade and handed me her books. And I said, Oh, I said, you just got the books yesterday. Did you already read them? She goes, no, my mother thought I needed better books. <laughs> So it's stuff like that. Yeah. That you just shake your head and go, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the things that they, the things that come out, there have been television shows made about it. But uh, yeah, so, sometimes so you, things they say are just amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you've been in a public, you've worked in a public library, correct? You said in Barnstable. Um, no, was actually, that in the Barnstable schools? Barnstable was the Barnstable school system. Oh, okay. And I, and I worked as a library assistant. The model in Barnstable is every school except for the high school has an assistant. Mm-hmm. And then there's one state call her elementary librarian that um, supervises. Okay. And that was how I got my start. My elementary librarian actually turned out to be one of my best friends and my mentor. And at the ripe old age of 50, I thought about going back and getting my master's degree. It had been a money issue up until then. And I went to a conference and there was a session about how to 
get loans and um, scholarships. And yeah. so I talked about it with my husband. He's like, go for it. So I went to URI and I got my degree and then I got my job in Barnstable. That's awesome. And excuse me, in Dennis Jarmuth. Yeah, yeah. So how, how have you seen libraries change, um, you know, in the last, you know, in the time that you've been working in libraries, how have you seen them change from like, because what, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I've seen a huge difference from, you know, when I first started working in 2002 to now what what's happened in our libraries. Are you seeing the same thing on the Cape? I'm assuming you are. I do. I am. Um, luckily, our district is very supportive and every school has a librarian. And the way that I've seen it change is definitely the influx of technology mm-hmm. that so now most I would say 75% of my library colleagues are teaching technology. Yeah. So I think that's the way that's changed. But I actually did when I was working in Barnesville for six years, I worked part-time at the Centerville public library during the summers. And I, what amazed me about that experience was that place was so busy. Like some people will say, Oh, with the onslaught of technologies, libraries are not as relevant. That is so not true mm-hmm. on Cape Cod. Right, right. It's just because they serve everybody for all kinds of different purposes. Right. And um, Centerville, besides like Falmouth being, you know, the largest li- public library, Centerville was probably one of the busiest libraries on Cape Cod. It was crazy. It yeah, was just yeah. insane. So, but school libraries, definitely the influx of technology, but we have embraced it. I actually am just finishing up a um, ISTE Future Ready Librarian course that um, I have taken for six weeks. That's been really invaluable. It's taught me so much. And um, so we're just everything, you know, we're we're working with administrators. We're working in technology. So it's really uh, it's very vibrant. Yeah. So let's go back to that ISTE certification. Talk a little bit about what what you found through that program, Um, you know, because I know the ISTE certifications are sort of newer, uh, like the ISTE certified teacher program is new. Um, mm-hmm. t- talk a little bit about the, the librarian certification program. So, well, started, so I was able, luckily, to go to ISTE, um, the conferences through being on the MassQ board. And um, they have a extremely vibrant um, ISTE, they call ISTE, Live, ISTE librarian uh, group. And that's basically how it started. I've, um, I've, gone to each conference I've presented during their playground and just met all these wonderful people so it must have been the beginning of the school year there was an announcement that um, ISTE was doing a librarian program for 15 credits starting at the beginning of October and uh, one of the really nice parts about it is Follette the company that supplies books and services for librarians oh, right, yeah. um, gave a scholarship for the tuition, mm-hmm. if you applied and you got it. And I was lucky enough to do that. So one thing that has amazed me, I mean, I feel like I've been doing this for 24 years. What else, is there anything else to learn? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot to keep current on. Yeah. And so the future, the whole future ready movement includes a tech a piece for librarians. And each, it's like a wheel, and each wheel has wedges. And we went through all different wedges about um, what we can do to facilitate learning in our library. Collaboration was a huge part of it, which as it should be. So it's just been very eye-opening and I'm really glad I took, I'm taking the course. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, So what do you have coming up uh, at school that that you're excited about? Just um, using the iPad, the one-to-one iPads, getting uh, the um, kids to really get comfortable with them. 
Um, kindergartners are just like so hesitant. I, yeah, yeah. I mistakenly had this idea that a lot of kids had them at home. We are, um, Dennis Yarmouth is the highest free and reduced population on Cape Cod. And my school is the highest free and reduced population of our district. Mm-hmm. So I guess I had this mistaken notion that a lot of my kids had iPads at home. And that's not the case at all. A few of them will. Um, you know, say, oh, I have one and I use the Epic, which is the big book. Um, right, right. App. And um, but for the most part, the kids are really hesitant. I thought they'd kind of just been jumping off and they'd be trying all kinds of things and they're not. Yeah. So that, that's been kind of surprising. So I'm looking forward to getting them used to it, comfortable, um, being able to use all these different apps for all kinds of different things. I just use one of our favorite chatter picks. Oh, yeah. Which, second graders to do thankful turkeys and it's hysterical yeah <laughs> yeah all you do is laugh you know i'm this one little boy says to me so i'm listening to them and i'm deciding which ones to save for my evidence of course and this little boy says i am thankful for cars yep they get us where, they get us where we need to go and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> no it's your mother it's your father it's your siblings we just I, I i i'm i kid you not an hour ago i was doing green screen videos in our elementary yeah. library with our pre-k class and one kid yeah. was thankful for apples so right it's just I, they're hysterical yeah. they, that's another thing is you left it teaching is an extremely hard job there's a lot of pressure i work in a building with phenomenal staff i have a great principal but you've got to laugh every oh yeah absolutely 100 you have to yeah. you know it's just no you've got to yeah and what do you have coming up at MassQ? um mass Q, well actually today there's a board meeting so very soon i'm off to gillette stadium as we do our debrief from the conference yeah. and have uh which is huge and have our um, November board meeting. A uh, lot of great courses. As a matter of fact, I just the email just went out this morning um, that the executive director sends about what was what's going on. And I just looked at a course starting in January about app smashing. Oh yeah, and going to be given by um, a library friend of mine, Maya Berry. Cool in Concord, Carlisle. So I'm looking at that. Um, then of course spring leadership and there's some um, data pools that's coming up. So Massachusetts is extremely busy all the time, but yeah. it's just, it's a great, great group of people. Yeah, it really is. Where can people find you online, Kim? I am um, in Twitter at Cape Cod Library. Um, and I am, you can email me at kkeith at org. All right. Awesome. Kim, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. Thanks. It's been a blast. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And we'd like to thank all our listeners. We've, uh, we, I think we're on episode 13 now. So, uh, here we are. We're, we're, we're killing it here at the Mass Q Get a Q podcast. It's great, Brandon. It's been, they've been so great. I just love, um, you know, if I'm sitting knitting, I'll turn it on and I listen to Aaron um, uh, Fisher's one about screencasting was so great. And then of course my good friend and crazy lady, Erica Sandstrom. Oh, she was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's, a little, she's a little off. Our Erica. <laughs> I love her. Love her to death. Yeah. Whenever she showed up at Mask in a green suit, I thought, and she's very tall. People don't realize how tall she is. And then she's got green heels on. I'm like, okay, this lady's out of her mind. <laughs> she was we a blast. Yeah, we do. That was great. All right, Kim, yeah. Kim thank you so much. And thank our, thanks for our listeners uh, as we head into the Thanksgiving break. Um, we'll talk Thank to you soon. You. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. 
This is the Get a Q podcast from Mass Q, here to educate, connect, and inspire.